This is Live La Baladita with your host, Don Catherine. If you're looking to know all the latest beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. Do you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense? This is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita on Toginet with Dawn Catherine. If you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes from the vine to the bottle, if you love Italian food and want to learn Nana's recipes, you enjoy travel and want to know the best luxury destinations and resorts, love spending time with La Familia, does your business or passion allow you to live La Bella Vita? Let's find out. All that and a little more with an Italian flair. This is Live La Bella Vita on Toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Don Catherine. Benvenuto. Welcome to the La Bella Vita show. I'm Don Catherine, your hostess for the mostest. And I want to thank you for joining me tonight live uh, this evening. And I hope, as every week, you've poured yourself a glass of wine, Italian hopefully, Um, and I'm ready for another great show tonight. Um, If you are listening to me live, thank you again for joining me. If you're listening to me on a podcast, thank you for downloading my podcast. If you didn't know that you could do that, you absolutely can by going to the TogiNet radio show page and downloading any of my previous shows. You can also go to iTunes and uh, put in a search for La Bella Vita or my name, Dawn Catherine, and uh, search where the podcasts are, and you can subscribe, and uh, you will get all of the shows that I have done in the past, and I do think that you should listen to them, because they are all just absolutely fabulous. Um, so tonight, we have a show. I'm going to be talking about a lot of different topics. We're going to be talking about Italy. We're going to be taking another little visit to Bavalia Island, uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of little Mother's Day, Mother's Day gifts as well, but... As normal, I'm going to be telling you what is going on in the world because, you know, there's always so much going on. Uh, so the most important thing ever in my life right now is that uh, my favorite show in the world, 24, Live Another Day, is back. I cannot tell you how excited I am because I love Jack Bauer, like, so much. And I cannot even tell you or express to you how much I have missed seeing Jack Bauer on TV. And I'm just so thrilled he's back. It was a great uh, season opener, and I look forward to the next, I believe it's 11 episodes. Fantastic. Can't wait. I'm also a huge fan of The Blacklist, which is on Monday nights as well, and uh, I think it's going to be just a little bit too much anxiety between 24 and Blacklist. I'm going to need more wine than possible, but I'll, I'll get through it, but it's like way too much anxiety, and I have decided that if you're a fan of either Jack Bauer or Reddington uh, on the blacklist, I think that you might agree with me that I would love if Reddington and Jack Bauer knew each other somehow, some way, since Reddington knows everybody. I think that would be phenomenal. Now, of course, they're on two different networks, but let's put that aside. How amazing would that be? I think anybody who's a fan of both shows would agree with me. Um, and I actually think that my producer tonight is agreeing with me as well. So there you have it. It's in stone. Let it get it done. NBC and Fox. Thank you. Um, so for years, the last couple of years, I have been hearing people obsess about Game of Thrones. And I have tried 
on multiple attempts to get into Game of Thrones because it always happened that I would start to watch it when I had like insomnia late at night and that very first episode when they have the creepy night walker white, you know, walker people um, was just a little too much and I kind of thought that that was like the whole premise of the show was going to be all that. Um, and so I just couldn't get into it. Well, finally, one day last week, <laughs> I finally got through the first episode and have become like so obsessed that I am in the third season, like literally in seven days, I'm on season three and I believe on the fourth episode. So it's been like a Game of Thrones palooza at my household and I'm totally talking like I'm back from medieval times. So in my normal life, if you're talking to me, it's kind of hilarious because I'm always like, me lady, my lord, your grace. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. Um, so anyway, I just want to say, that if you haven't caught onto the Games of Thrones, seriously, stop what you're doing and go subscribe to HBO or HBO to go and get, or go and go get the DVDs and watch them. It is so amazing. It's very graphic. I'm going to put that disclaimer out there. Very graphic, but you'll love it. Trust me when I tell you, you absolutely, absolutely love it. And if you know me, you know how much I love anything that's dealing with medieval Renaissance times. So this is truly up my alley. I love all the gowns that they wear. I think they should come back as fashion. Um, love them. And, of course, I want every single piece of furniture that's in every single one of the castles. All of the chandeliers that they have, amazing. Want them all. It's crazy. But love it, love it, love it, love it. So if you're not Game of Thrones obsessed, you need to be. Get on the train. I'm telling you, you'll love it. Um, so what else is going on in my... Now, a couple months ago, I told you before, it was even like on any other network, TV, any of the gossip shows, I told everybody about Dolce & Gabbana getting in trouble for tax evasion. And literally, I talked about it on my show on a Wednesday night, and I believe it wasn't until that following week until the U.S. press picked up on it. And uh, so they got into a bunch of trouble for allegedly hiding money out of the country, and it was this big, huge deal, trial, whatever. But luckily, my one of my favorite designing teams, Dolce & Gabbana, will not be going to jail anytime soon because the judge in the case just suspended their 18-month uh, sentence. So, you know, fashion lovers, Italian fashion lovers alike are in happiness beyond measure uh, because of Dolce & Gabbana not getting um, put into prison. And I have decided that, you know, the next time I get any dogs, I'm going to name, I'm going to get a pair and dogs, and one's going to be Dolce, and the other one's going to be Gabbana. So that's my Dolce and Gabbana story, so you heard it here first. Um, another big deal in the news this week, Monica Lewinsky is back in the news. She's been gone for about 10 years, I guess, or so, or 10 years since she's last publicly talked about it. And, uh, I mean, it's been 20 years since the scandal broke. Um, but she said that uh, it's time to bury the events that transpired during her affair with Bill Clinton. And uh, I have to say, I think she looks fabulous. You can say what you want about her, but I think she's a beautiful girl. She's a smart girl. She may have not been smart enough to not have an affair with the president, but she's a smart girl nonetheless. 
Um, and she's coming out with this Vanity Fair piece that will be, I believe, is actually coming out tomorrow um, that you can see it online, and then it will be in the magazine uh, that goes on the stands next week. So it'll be interesting to see what else she has to say. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, so last night was the Met Gala, which is amazing event. It was formerly called the Costume Institute Gala and obviously is known now as the Met Ball um, or the Met Gala. Um, it's an annual fundraising gala for the, that benefits the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume Institute, and it also serves as an opening celebration for the Institute's annual fashion exhibit, and it's one of the most coveted invites on the New York social scene, and anyone who is anybody shout out because, you know, the correspondence dinner was at the White House this past weekend, and I think that Michelle Obama, her gown that she wore, which was by Marquesa, looks stunning. She is always on point with her fashion, so I just want to give a shout-out to the First Lady. Um, so, yeah, so the Met Gala was phenomenal. Um, so my incitato is what has me spellbound. Uh, my style icon is actually somebody who showed up at the Met Gala and that was Blake Lively. She looked retro Hollywood glam at the Met Gala. Uh, she had on a silk chiffon blush Gucci gown that featured a plunging neckline, uh, neckline and two flowing scarves that trailed from the shoulders. She amped up the glam with retro waves in her hair with a Joan Crawford-inspired victory roll. And, of course, she had the best accessory, her arm candy, husband Ryle Reynolds, walking the red carpet together for the first time since they've gotten married in 2012. But uh, I would have to say Ryan Reynolds is probably the best accessory any girl could have. So she did it well. And there was some amazing fashion. I can't even tell you. I mean, so many people looked so good, but she really, I just thought she looked unbelievably good. Uh, so my wine pick of the week this week is the Bartonora. Um it is a sparkling Moscato with powerful aromas of honey, flowers, and fresh grapes. It is lively, playful bubbles that tickle your nose and has a balanced sweetness and intense citrus notes. And the finish is a clean with refreshing acidity. So you should try it because, as we know, Italy has a storied heritage of producing some of the best wines in the world. And uh, this is from the Bartonora Ova Dia Estates and County. So I think that you should truly try it out. And so I have a little recipe to go with this because, you know, it is a sparkling Moscato. And what can you make with sparkling Moscatos? You can make a nice sangria with this. Um, all you got to do is you want to take the sparkling Moscato. You take four and a half ounces of the Batonora sparkling Moscato, a half ounce of vodka, a half ounce of dill-infused simple syrup. Look up the recipe on the web. You'll be able to find it. Half ounce of orange juice, fresh strawberries, green seedless, uh, green seedless grapes, and lemon wheel and dill sprigs. Just you're gonna just shake those all together and uh, combine the vodka, the simple syrup, the orange juice, add the fruit, let it rest for at least two hours in the refrigerator, and just before serving, add well uh, chilled sparkling masato, and then you're going to serve it in a chilled wine glass and garnish with a dill sprig. Tell me how amazingly that is going to be for a summertime drink. This is Don Catherine. It's the La Bella Vita Show, and we are going to be going to break. And on the other side, I'm going to give you my buffoon of the week, which we do everybody 
you know, who has me pissed off. And uh, we'll see you on the other side of break. Don Catherine. is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on toginet.com. Bésame, bésame mucho. Do you ever feel like you're the invisible woman? Too polite to be political, too nice to be real, tame even though you really want to be unleashed, like you're living in a fairy tale without the happy ending. Well, Cinderella has left the ball, and it's time to wake up and break up with our own self-imposed glass slippers and ceilings. Welcome to Le Chic Speak, the polite woman's guide to self-expression, with your host, Jen Duchenne. Le Chic Speak is the Wooloo Radio Network's resident radio show dedicated to helping women turn on their power and turn up the volume of their voices so you can be seen, heard, appreciated, and celebrated. Join us on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time for your weekly dose of Le Chic Speak with your host, Jen Duchenne, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy ever by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. And from thence, I had great desire to see Italy and came to Venice and from thence to Florence, where I played before the Duke. And got great favors. If it's good enough for Sting, it's good enough for us. This is Live La Bella Vita on Toginet. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita, all with an Italian flair. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. It's Live La Bella Vita. And here again is your host, Dawn Catherine. And welcome back. This is Dawn Catherine. It's the Bella Vita Show. Thank you for joining me tonight. So I was in the middle of my incontractos when we had to go to break. 
And I would be remiss if I left out the buffoon of the week, which is the person who has pissed me off the most this week. Um, not that this person has really pissed me off. I actually just kind of feel sorry for them. Um, and that would be Apollo Nita, who is the husband of Real Housewives of Atlanta star and attorney Phaedra Parks, who pled guilty yesterday to charges of mail wire and bank fraud. The charges could result up to a 30-year in prison sentence for Nita. He also faces a fine of up to $1 million in restitution for an estimated $2.3 million he allegedly defrauded from various individuals, financial institutions. Apollo said his wife was making far more money than he was, and he felt the pressure to keep up with her. He added that he had even had a nervous breakdown over the pressures to sustain the plush lifestyle of a reality star. And, you know, this is what I find so tragic on so many levels with these shows and any reality shows in general, actually. The pressure that these housewives and husbands feel to keep up this facade of being wealthy must be overwhelmingly stressful. And almost every franchise of housewives at some point had a cast member who's lied about their financial status. The problem is the need of the platform to be on a show like that to help their financial status. But then it comes this vicious life, you know, this vicious cycle because they just are constantly spending money to show off on the show and it just never stops. But, you know, once these people get a little bit of a taste of success in TV and the perks that come along with being on TV, that is a very hard thing to give up. All being a fraud. Um, and uh, it also, you know, the real ones who lose out are the children because most of these people do have children. They're getting in trouble and uh, they're going to, you know, end up losing a parent to jail because of their choices that they make. And as we know in the past, although we don't know if it was attributed to um, uh, allegations of abuse or, you know, they were having huge financial problems, but, you know, a cast member from the Real Live uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills committed suicide, and it was pretty much out there publicly that they were under extreme financial duress, and there was allegations of domestic violence that were going to be portrayed on the show, which caused this cast member, husband of a cast member, to commit suicide. Um, and now you have um, some other ones from another one of the franchises in New Jersey, both the husband and the wife are both up on fraud charges and you know, about to be sentenced in the next couple of months. And one of the members is, you know, the husband uh, actually is of Italian descent, and he most likely, if he is charged, you know, if he is charged in the fullest, will be deported back to Italy to serve out his time. And that could actually, because he would be a convicted felon at that point, could be denied access to come back to the United States. So who loses? It's the kids. And all for what? For, you know, to be on a reality show to show that you have this glamorous life when in reality it's not really as it appears. So I think that it's um, it's a really tragedy because, you know, the, the pair in New Jersey have four children. Phaedra and Apollo have two children and very young children, actually. Fader and Apollo have two very young children under the age of three, I believe. Both of them are. So this, those two kids are going to grow up without a father because he's facing up to 30 years. And uh, Joe and Teresa from New Jersey, uh, she's facing, you know, several years in prison. He's facing more time. And, 
you know, there's a chance that he might never be able to come back to this country. And they have four children. It's just going to be devastating on so many levels. So I guess the moral of the story and the reason why this upsets me is that we've become this culture of consumerism and materialism and self-absorbedness and wanting to keep up with everybody else and who has the bigger and better than this. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that you have your health, you have your family, you have the people that you love, and you can you can have a huge house and you can have the best cars and the best clothes, but if you don't have those things that preceded what I said, you really have nothing. So I just think that this is a really cautionary tale going forward for other reality stars that it might come into the Housewives franchise or any other reality show that deals with money and opulence and whatnot because these things can happen and there are a lot of pressures to keep up from producers and whatnot. So I, I hope that this is a, a good lesson for people um, to take from. And um, I do wish them the sentence, but the problem is he's already, already a convicted felon, and that's not going to look good for him. So I just uh, I just really do hope the best for them. So enough with that. So lots of stories that I want to tell you. Um, in my last show, I... Um, and in, in actually several previous shows, we have discussed the island of Povelia, which lies in the Venetian Lagoon, which is an ancient city within the city. Um, it's now up for auction by the Italian state, um, but Venetians have decided that they could not simply sit by and be specta- spectators to yet another island being sold to some international chain of hotels or at least make an attempt at an alternative venture. So for this reason, they wanted to compete for the 99-year lease, uh, wanting it to remain public and open for use by all. So if you like this idea, and like I said, I talked about this in my previous show, um, you can participate in helping to keep Povelia Island public um, with a 99-euro quota. Um, And what they're going to do is they are are this organization, um, Tutepa, Pavolia um, is actually collecting 99 euros from people, and what they're doing is they're using that money so that they can make a bid on the lease for this island. And what they will do is, if their their bid is accepted, um, they are going to have four founding principles on the island, and these are what they are. And I just want to explain this to you because we've talked about this in the past. Um, what their founding principles are is. The green area of the island will become public gardens and a park freely accessible to all, which sounds amazing, especially if you like to go to Venice as much as I do. Uh, The part of the island that will host activities and businesses whose ethical boundaries will have to be coherent with their principles. It will be used to pay the running cost of the island as a whole. The management of the island is a nonprofit and environmentally sustainable, and all profits are to be reinvested in the island itself. And should they win the auction, the money that you give will allow you to participate equally in any decisions regarding the fate of Povelia Island. It is not to be understood as a form of profit sharing or shared ownership or a source of any privilege for any of the members, but you do have a say in what happens. And I think that if you um, have a affinity for Italian culture and if you have an affinity for Venice and as you know, most of us who have gone to Venice, you're not allowed to go to Bavalia Island. It's basically 
cornered off where you can't enter and, and exit. Um, of course, it has a very scary past because, of course, there's a lot of uh, talk about it being one of the most haunted places on Earth. But, you know, that stuff happens. But I, I think that it, I think that it, it's a very beautiful island. And according to folklore, to the people who grew up there, they went there as kids. And apparently the peaches, the peach trees that grow on the island grow some of the most succulent peaches that you ever had. So I think that's pretty cool. So these people, these true Venetians, really want to keep their island. But even you as an American citizen or anybody who's across the world who's listening to the show, you can be part of this process to save Pavilion Island from one of these big, huge conglomerates um, into purchasing this island. Um, because this is what happens. We all know all these big, huge hotel companies and resorts come in. They buy up all those little islands. They put these big monstrosity of hotels. And, you know, little by little, the Venetian influence is being lost. So um, you can subscribe to the association with uh, 19 euro, which will repay the cost of registration, subscriptions, um, and bank and stuff, and then a donation of at least 80 euros. Um, and if they should not win the auction, and I'm going to do this personally, by the way, I'm going to send my 100 euro to them. Um, if they don't win the auction, your donation will be returned, um, and uh, but at least you have a stake in it. Um, and basically, it's just a challenge to go from under the feet of uh, the feet and boats of the true Venetians. So if you are interested in helping this cause, what I want you to do is you're going to need to subscribe to 99 Years of Pavilion. Again, it's 99 euro, um, which is basically a a utopian bargain. But what you need to do is go to www.messageinabottle.org, and I want you to put a hyphen in between each one of those words, message-in-a-bottle.org, and uh, subscribe to them, and let's save Pavilion. All right, this is Don Catherine. We're going to go to break, and when we come back on the other side, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Nick, Angela, and David. Very cool stuff coming up on the other side of the La Bella Vida side. is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on toginet.com. What does success mean to you? Money? Power? Fame? Having everything money can buy? Does it mean having a job or career that you love, a great family life, or simply to be happy? If you're still searching for answers, then join us each Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for Primetime Success Radio, where Alan Skidmore and his special guests will discuss health, finances, relationships, being in business, and how you can have a life that is not only successful, but a life of meaning. Alan has been studying success principles for over 25 years through reading, attending seminars, interviewing successful people, and a daily lesson from the School of Hard Knocks. And now he wants to share that information with you. So join Alan Skidmore on Primetime Success Radio every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network, as he takes you on a journey of finding the heart 
of your success. Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Rowland News, Guns, and Motorsports Radio Show with commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, and special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an international firearms authority and ballistic engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports, and as a professional entertainer musician. Don't miss Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports. Infotainment at its best. Trust us on this one. It's a fun show. Every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Come bella gialla luna, brilla strette, strette come butto, belle faste già. Sotto celle de Roma. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. All with an Italian flair. It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. Welcome back. This is Don Catherine at the La Bella Vita Show. And before we went to break, we were talking about Povelia Islands. And I just want to reiterate, if you love Italy, Italian culture, this is a really great thing that you can be a part of and see in Povelia Islands. So I really do encourage you to do so. Um, again, the web address for that is messageinabottle.org. And again, put a hyphen in between each of those uh, words and uh, you'll find your way. So this is a little bit of distressing news for me personally, since Michelangelo is one of my favorite artists in the world. And David, the statue of David, um, is one of my favorite pieces of sculpture in the world. Um, but uh, he... David apparently has some ankle fractures, um, officials have said. Uh, Microfractures on the lower part of the statue's legs are likely due to a 19th century move from Florence Square to the Academy Gallery. And uh, this is, like, really kind of distressing. But what they're saying is that um, the Florence's Museum Authority has played down the risk of Michelangelo's 500-year-old David statue falling down because of the fractures um, that are in the ankles of the sculpture. Uh, they have said um, even if there is an earthquake of 5.0 or 5.5 on the Richter scale, Florence will stay in one piece and Della Signorina. Um, and when it was moved to the Academy Gallery for safekeeping in 1873. So you can imagine 300 plus years, the statue was out in a and a piazza open to the elements. It would, it's surprising to me that it's even still standing. Uh, the statue was replaced in the square by a copy. So if you've been to the uh, the Piazza della Signorina, uh, you have seen it. Um, but the original is in the Academia. And um, what they're saying is, is that the study said the pedestal was on a slight tilt of up to five degrees, putting pressure on a statue. But Ferry said that there is nothing dramatic about the findings and the museum would continue to monitor its vibrations. He said the vibrations had reduced since the number of visitors allowed in the gallery at one time. And 
This is one of Florence's most visited museums, more than 5 million visitors last year um, that go between seeing the Statue of David and the Uffizi Gallery as well. Um, so we shall see. I would hope that nothing happens to my, my uh, David because it is one of the most magnificent sculptures known to man, and I would hate for anything to happen. And uh, I, I think that it will be okay, but I just thought I would let you guys know that there's issues. And I can tell you, you know, they, I know this to be true, that they have um, limited the number of people that can be in the museum around the statue at one time, which is why there's such a backup of when you go there and why you need to buy your tickets ahead of time, which I always suggest that you do. Uh, if not, you're going to be standing in queue to go into the museum for hours, which is just a waste of time when you're in Italy. No sense of waiting in lines when you don't have to. Um, but um, I have, obviously, you all know that I have traveled there multiple dozens of times. And, um, you know, when I first went, you were able to take pictures of, of the statue, and then they were, one time that I went, they were in the middle of a whole rehab of him where, like, literally, once that happened and that rehab took place, you were unable to take any pictures or anything, so they're really taking steps to preserve the statue and whatnot, um, but I think that uh, it's a good thing that they've taken these steps. I mean, we really wanted to keep this statue for years to come, so... You know, I talk on the show a lot about the way we as Americans behave when we go abroad and that, you know, we might want to kind of be a little bit more polite, um, not so impulsive, <laughs> um, kind of keep some of our American manners behind when we go abroad. Um, but I came across this great article um, by Robert Capiello, and I have to share it with you because I want you to know, because if you listen to the show long enough, uh, I've said some of these things, and I'm just glad that there are other people, which I know there's tons of people who agree with me, but some of the things that he even brought up I think were hilarious, so I just want to show his, share them uh, with you. What he Basically, these are the 10 most things that Europeans say about you behind your back. Um, number one, you sound like a complete idiot when you imitate our accent, <laughs> which cracks me up. It uh, turns out that that posh James Bond imitation you think you've mastered sounds like the squeak of chalk on a blackboard to a Brit. And chances are, even as you read this, you still believe that you are the exception to the rule um, and that you're Daniel Craig or Adele could fool even a native. But basically, they just want you to stop. Just please stop. Don't do it because... You can't you can't fool them. Although I have to say that I really do a great Brit accent, and even one of my good friends who is from the UK says that I do a great accent. But I'm not going to do it right now because then you're totally going to be judging, and then it's out there for the whole world to hear. And you know, I'm not going to do that. Um, why are you smiling? You don't even know us. That's the second one, and uh, that is from the French people, <laughs> and. We think that the French are unfriendly, but guess again, they're just more physically reserved than we are as Americans, and that goes for facial expressions, too. Now, I have to say that I'm a smiler. When I see somebody, I smile at everybody. When I see them in a restaurant or if I'm in the mall or wherever I am, I smile at everybody because I think it's the polite thing to do. But to a Parisian, uh, especially when addressing a stranger, will really smile um, we think that it's, like, horrible and that they're totally rude and just 
gives off the vibe that all Parisians are rude, but they just don't do it. Um, the French are not rude. It's just that they've been taught to approach new people, even total strangers, um, is just something that you don't do. <laughs> so don't take it as rudeness. It's just their way of life. Just like we are uh, mostly people that, you know, smile and engage to a stranger. They don't, but not so much. So it's okay. They don't hate us. They're just different. So, you know, they just kind of, and they think we're weird for doing it. I'm just telling you, they really do think we're, we're weird for doing it. The third thing that they say is you eat too fast. And we have talked about this a million times. You know, as Americans, we are always on the fast track to everything. You know, it's always about getting, you know, your stuff done in as much time. We never really sit down for a proper meal or take the time. It's always about, you know, even the restaurant and cultures in the state is to get you in the restaurant and just, you know, take your order, serve you and get you in and out as fast as possible. Unless you're going to a very fine establishment, the fine dining establishment, do they allow you to sit there and graze? But from way up in Scandinavia all the way down to Sicily, Europeans seem to be united in opinion that Americans don't know how to enjoy a meal. And shocking as it may seem, the country that invented fast food and the power lunch puzzles at its neighbors across the pond when it comes to table manners. Um, apparently, we start eating before it's considered polite, we don't stop to talk enough, and we perhaps miss the entire point of chowing down in the presence of other human beings. So wherever you may be visiting, especially in Southern Europe, especially Italy, if you sit down to eat with locals, we suggest that you quietly tell yourself to slow down and enjoy yourself. You really should enjoy yourself. It is a good thing to do. Uh, the fourth thing that they say is that we drink too much, which I think is, I mean, in fairness to my American brethren, if that's in some corners of Europe, it's common to outdrink Americans at a truly magnificent pace. But overall, the Europeans' approach to beer, wine, and spirits is similar to their approach to a nice meal, slow and steady. What's the rush? It's perfectly acceptable to savor a two-hour lunch that includes a few goblets of wine, but binge drinking is considered a weakness, especially in wine-producing regions where the vino is regarded as much a food as it is a beverage. So you really don't want to be a teetotaler. You don't want to get drunk. You want to enjoy your meals, enjoy your wine, engage in conversation, make new friends. That is one of the things I talk about all the time. Uh, is Lake Pridus being central theme in my book that I'm writing, Living La Bella Vida, is about enjoying and savoring each and every moment with everybody around you, and especially at mealtime, because there is nothing more important than spending time with family and friends and newfound friends, because the people in Europe are like a very engaging people and culture and society, and you will get far more out of taking the time to engage with these people than just, you know, going into a restaurant or engaging with locals and not really taking an interest with them, it will enhance your experience so much more. Because when you break bread with people, you really are in, you know, encompassing all of their culture. And I just think it's a magnificent thing. So I know as being an Italian myself, we eat in stages. I mean, if you come to my house on a holiday, it's a day affair. I know, we, you know, you start from them basically from, the morning all the way until the wee hours of the next morning. Engage, enjoy your food, enjoy your wine. We're going to be going to break, and when we come back, I'm going to be telling you about the other few 
points that they talk about us Americans. And one of my biggest pet peeves is coming up, well, two, actually, about the way we dress and the way we obsess about our jobs. The Europeans, trust me when I tell you, they just don't get it. And they don't think it's that cool. So we'll be talking about that in a little bit more when we come back on the other side of this break with La Velvita radio show. It's Dawn Catherine. And uh, also, if you want to go ahead, go to my Toginet show page and download our podcast. You can do that. And uh, we will see you at the other side. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. Clarence Caldwell's True Life Academy helps intelligent, ambitious people achieve and accomplish amazing things for the purpose of living the life they've always dreamed of. We will show you how to tap into the gifts that we all have been given. True Life Academy gives you the best possible chance of living a life full of wealth, health, love, and personal power. As a certified coach, mediator, speaker, and trainer, Clarence has the skill needed to guide you to the most amazing life you can imagine for yourself, focusing on your relationships, finances, health, and career. So join the Academy and be awakened to your true life, the life you dream of, the life that fulfills your purpose, yes, the life you were intended to live. True Life Academy starts now. Join Clarence Caldwell and True Life Academy every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Tokinet Radio Network. The WooHoo Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. 
all with an Italian flair. It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. And welcome back. This is Don Catherine, and this is the La Bella Vita show. And I was just kind of going through a list that I came across of the 10 things that Europeans say about us behind our back. And actually, if you get friendly with enough of them, they will actually tell you to your face as well. <laughs> but uh, these are things that we've talked about in the past, and I, it's always great to reemphasize, but I love this guy's take on what he, he, he came up with. Um, one of them, I think this is number six uh, on the list of the ten, he says that we work too hard. Americans work too hard. They think that we work too hard. Um, except in a few major economic centers, London in particular, the locals aren't going to be terribly interested in hearing your workplace war stories, how much money you're spending on your vacation, or how much your house back in the States cost. Uh, the country you are visiting may even have strict rules or customs about the length of the work week, which, you know, there are many countries that have, you know, these 35-hour weeks and flex weeks. I mean, they're way ahead when it comes to the uh, perks that employees have. Um, but more importantly, Europeans just know how to pursue, pursue this work-life balance that we Americans uh, basically just do not have a very healthy life balance work um, at all. There is no work-life balance whatsoever. Uh, so basically, they think that you really should take time to sit down for coffee and a croissant in the morning, consider an afternoon nap, especially if you're staying with your Italian cousins who may assist on it. Um, the afternoon siesta, I think, should be implemented in every office around America immediately. And if I was the president of the United States, I would make it a law. Yeah, I would. I would make it a lot that every day that we need to have a siesta, at least a half hour, 45 minutes, at least, but a half hour, I would go for that. But we really should. We're so stressed out. And I think the thing is, is the more that you're rested and the more you feel refreshed, the better you're going to perform. If you're stressed out, how good of a performance at work are you going to give? Not a great one. So uh, I, I definitely think that... Uh, we could take some notes from them. And uh, if you're out, if you head out to dinner, say maybe in Barcelona, which, by the way, has the best sangria and paella that I've ever had in my entire lifetime, um, expect the tapas to go around the table well into the wee hours of the morning and just relax. And, you know, this idea of eating at 5 o'clock in the afternoon for dinner, it doesn't happen. Like, you're not going to be, like, they sit down for dinner, like, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and they eat until, you know, 12, 1 o'clock. That's just what, how they do it. But they do it slow, and they reminisce the things that we just talked about, about enjoying each other's company. It's, a, it's literally an event. They truly know how, the Europeans truly know how to savor life and to, to savor their culture. It's what they do. Um, so if you think they're going to go over there all braggioso about need, but it's not something they want, which is totally a dichotomy with the Americans uh, and the way that we think. Not myself, but most people. Um, the other thing that they say about us behind our back is that we are prudes. And I would have to admit this is true. Uh, 
And some people might think, really? Because isn't American culture awash in cutting-edge body parts and pouty mouths? And yes, that is actually true, but it's actually a sign of our greatest problems in many European cultures. The human body is considered to be simply the human body, and our fascination with certain anatomical features is not shared by Europeans. That's why in some regions of Europe you will see nude bathing or hear jokes that would make your mother blush. Uh, but next time you see a photo of a, you know, naked European, uh, just say to yourself, don't judge, remember, you're the prude, not them. And, and and I can say it's true because if you go over there and you just watch even just their TV that's, like, not even cable, just their regular TV, you see a lot of nudity. It's not a big deal. It's truly not a big deal. You see on commercials, they're much more open-minded. Um, some people take offense at that, but it's our bodies. We shouldn't be ashamed of them, and they just think that our obsession with, you know, anything doing with the body and covering up and that is disgusting, they just think we're a bunch of prudes. So, um, you know think about the next time. So if you're on the beach in Barcelona or if you're on the beach down in Capri and there's some girls that are, you know, or guys walking on the beach and they're naked, don't be offended. Don't don't think it's a big deal. It's what they do. Uh, seriously, there. this is number nine. Um, seriously, we speak three or four languages and you can't be bothered to learn to say, do you speak in English and ours? Uh, Basically, this guy says Rosetta Stone, people. And I can't tell you, I think that it's amazing to me that people will go to any country that does not speak English, and they think that everybody is just going to cater to them because they're Americans. And, you know, anytime you're traveling, if you're doing any kind of research or any kind of um, good planning, you would think that would include kind of having a basic vocabulary of Italian or Spanish or Dutch, whatever it is, that whatever part of the world you're going to, that you would have some sort of grasp of saying, you know, who, what, where, when, why, uh, you know, where is the bathroom, how much does this cost, can you tell me how to get to the hotel, some of these basic little honest little phrases that you really should know. I mean, I can't imagine going to another country, not even have just a, you know, basic concept. So... Um, a part of, you know, that we talked earlier about the Parisians and them not smiling. You know, another reason why is that they really do get offended at the fact that you don't even try to at least try to talk to them in their own language. Even if you massacre it, I think that they are, you definitely should take the time to go ahead with the language and be somewhat cultured. Um, you don't know the difference between Baltic and Balkan, or for that matter, what the Hague is. Be honest, did you even know that Sochi was a thing before Russia City hosted the Winter Games? I have to be honest, I didn't know about Sochi either, but I'm not a big, you know, I'm not big on the Russia, so I, I have to say that even myself on this one, I'm guilty, but I do know, uh, you know, is Trieste in Switzerland, Croatia, France? We're not suggesting that you prepare for geography before you board your Paris Blanc plane, but get some, at least some facts into your short-term memory. And remember that Marseille is France's second largest city, and understand that Omaha Beach is not what the French call that stretch of Normandy coast. 
But just to give you a heads up, if you didn't know the answers to any of those questions that I just asked, uh, the Baltic Sea is in northern Europe. Balkan refers to the peninsula shared by Serbia, Greece, and other nations. The Hague is the third largest city in the Netherlands. And Trieste is in Italy, of course. And those of you who listen to this show knew that Trieste was not in Switzerland because you listen to my show and you know that. So heads up to that. But to, to show a little bit of, um, you know, geography intellect. It it goes a long way. Um, You dress like a slob. Now, this is my biggest pet peeve, and we all know this. I hate when people dress like slobs. And I can tell you, I can be sitting at any city in Europe, and I can pick out an American from, like, a mile away. Why? Because how do you say this diplomatically without hurting people's feelings? You dress like a, like literally far worse than a slob. Like you show up on your vacation looking like you're going to a backyard barbecue at your family's house. You don't care what you look like. And you're traveling around like that. And you're representing Americans by looking like that, which makes us look bad. Um, but just saying that, you know, the whole, you never see Europeans in jeans and sneakers, so that's a dead giveaway. And not only do you just kind of stick out like a sore thumb by dressing that way, you definitely make yourself a target to people who are looking to take advantage of Americans or people who are travelers. So you're definitely, uh, you know, putting a target on yourself by not dressing properly. So my thing is try to dress up at least appropriately. I'm not saying that you have to wear a three-piece suit when you're traveling as a man or you have to put on a dress, but at least try to look the part, you know, try to have comfortable shoes that are perhaps not sneakers or, you know, just try to look nice. I feel like that the more you dress for success and the more you dress when you're traveling, um, the better you present yourself, the better you are received. And I think that's always a good thing because you want to be received well and get great treatment. And uh, if you, as with anything in life, those who dress up the best usually are the ones that get ahead. And it's the same thing in traveling. So, you know, go ahead. And the one last thing that he has to say to you about is that they know their history better than we do. And this I can tell you to be true. They know their American history more than anybody else. I'm telling you, they beat me all the time. So don't ever try to debate a European about American history. So those are the top 10 things that the Europeans say behind our back. I hope you found it as hilarious as I did. And just to reiterate the things that I've said in many, many shows in the past, uh, next week we are going to have another great show. I have some great guests that are going to come up. Um, I have a couple of authors who are coming on and uh, kind of getting on back on a little bit of the entrepreneur business side. I have some great entrepreneurs that are going to be coming on as well. I think that you will enjoy that. Um, again, go ahead, download our podcast, go to the iTunes, put in La Bella Vita or Don Catherine and hit subscribe. And, uh, you know, write me an email on my uh, TokenNet page and let me know about any shows that you might want to have me talk about. And uh, that's about it. So we will see you next time on La Bella Vita Show. Thanks out to Sabrina, my producer down in Texas, for helping me out tonight. This is Don Catherine saying Arrivederci. Ciao. Have a great night. Thank you for being a part of